rude. Hello, my name is Laura. <laughs> rude. Laura is rude. Mm. Oh, that's Facebook. That's not how. That's not helpful. Facebook's never helpful. No, it's not actually. If you just want to feel bad about yourselves, it is though. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, can you keep talking? Which I obviously love feeling bad about myself, so I'm on Facebook you, all the time. You do love feeling bad. <laughs> do. You started it with how awful you are as a person or I know. whatever the hell. Okay, Great. it's meant to be. Oh, good. Don't fuck it up. Just like totally understand me. <laughs> I get you. Okay, you ready to do this thing? No, but let's just do it. Let's just let's just like dive in. Yeah, let's just yeah. do this thing. And literally, no pressure. It's not live. Oh, hi. You're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all the good, bad and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I currently work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me that you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, Laura Hilker. Laura is a founder, producer, and writer from the Ohio wannabe state of Indiana. A graduate of Indiana University, Laura has a dual BA in English and journalism. Laura began her career cleaning out refrigerators on shows such as Family Guy, American Dad, and The Cleveland Show, on which she also performed several voices. As part of the team on Michael Eisner's production company, The Tornante Company, oh, Laura, I'm so sorry, she developed the cult classic BoJack Horseman for Netflix and develops and produces other animated and live-action projects for the company and independently. With this business-savvy and intense... Oh, fuck me. Right in the ass. <laughs> I like what is happening? I like imperfection. <sighs> With this business savvy and intense entertainment experience, Laura co-founded an Indiana-based entertainment conglomerate called 212 Creative Network, which provides creators in the Midwest access to the resources and knowledge they need to turn ideas into opportunities, regardless of economic or geographical limitations. That is so lovely. I better know Laura through mutual friends in this crazy business, and now we randomly break LA traffic laws while scream laughing because we are a dangerous combination. Laura all right, take it away. Tell us about all the famous people you know. Just kidding. You, know, you don't have to start there. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, um, I don't want to do that. And by no, like I say, oh, I've met a couple people and they happen to be my best friend. Oh, my God. But really, Seth. I've just like no. saw them walking across the street. And I'm like, did you know that I know Seth Rogen like really well? <laughs> yes, you guys are friends. We're best on friends. the street. He's amazing. Okay, so you're from Indiana. I was mean I about am. your state because we share a border. Yeah, I, I appreciate the Ohio wannabe thing because it's so not true. <laughs> no. That's fine. That's fine. Indiana's better. It's cool. It's cool. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, Indiana. It's an amazing state. I love it. Okay. I'm so glad I'm from there. So what got you, how long did you live there? Like, was it until after high school and then you moved straight out to LA or what got you out here? Yeah, uh, it was actually out after college. Mm. I graduated and I went home to my parents' house and I looked around and I thought, okay, well, I can't stay here much longer because, <laughs> you know, you're so used to your independence. And then they're like knocking on your bedroom door at 10 a.m. being like, wake up, I have breakfast on the table. And you're like, no, no, I don't eat breakfast anymore. I'm an adult. <laughs> I eliminated breakfast years ago. Yeah, but it was so sweet and lovely. And, you're, you know, my parents are fabulous. But I was like, okay, I really need to get out of here. And so I moved to Los Angeles, I would say, about a month after I graduated. Okay. And just sort of packed up the Ford Escort and was oh. just like, okay, buddy, get us there. Yeah, and drove with my dad. And it was amazing. Oh, I love that I drove with my dad out you here. Did? I didn't know Isn't that. Isn't it fun doing that? It is. You get more time with them and you get to, like, learn fun things about them. Yeah. Um, I want to rewind for one second so what made you pick iu over i'm sure you had a lot of options like what why why what, stay what makes you think i had options um i just said that to be nice like <laughs> well, i don't I really actually think you nice. did i had zero options <laughs> <laughs> well we're never getting through this episode oh, no no i i my my uncle went to iu my brother went to iu my sister katie went to iu <sighs> and so um it seemed like the logical move to go to IU. It's funny because when I was a junior in high school, I uh, had all these ideas about like, I'm going to move to Vermont. I'm going to go to college there and I'm going to like macrame and like take art classes. <laughs> well, right? Stop wearing deodorant, uh, not right, shave. Totally. Mm-hmm. Which is lovely. And there's nothing wrong there's with nothing that. There's nothing wrong with that. Everyone gets to do um, that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just found myself at IU. It made so much sense. It was, it was far enough from home to where I could feel like some autonomy and like do my own thing. But also, yeah, go home and get fed like real food. So you lived on campus, though? Yes. Okay. And what made you pick journalism and English? This is going to sound so crazy, but I really didn't know what to do. Like, this will be the theme of the podcast is like, I don't know. I'm going to call home and be like, what do I do? Oh, I should English or I should be an English major. Great. I'm going to do that. Whatever you say, um, because you kind of know me better than I know myself. 
Oh, that's fair. You know? And at that age, if you don't know, that actually makes the most sense. You call the people you trust. Yeah. And it's funny because it's it's like unless you want to be a lawyer or uh, you have a specific talent, like, oh, I play the guitar and I want to be a part of a music school or I want to go into the medicine in some capacity or even business, you, you kind of have like a very specific direction. Whereas with, you know, loving to read and write papers and, you know, uh, study literature, you're just kind of like, well, what is, is there a place in this world for someone like me? And I didn't really know at the time, like outside of high school English classes, which which don't ever lead you to believe that there's just some like big giant world for somebody like me who just loves to read books, but there is. And like oh. an English major is a really great, well-rounded major. I love that. So yeah. that, and, and then did you actually like, did you actually call your parents and say, what should I do? A little bit. I kind of call my dad and I'm like, okay, here I am at this like big university and I have tons of options. And just by nature, I'm a little indecisive because I never want to make like bad decisions. And so I, I kind of felt that in this moment where I'm like, okay, I have to choose something and I don't want it to just be, I forget what the name of the degree is, where it's just kind of like open, uh, general, like yeah, it's like general, general studies. Yeah. Or general studies. Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly it. And I didn't want to do that. I felt like I needed something that was a little more, you know, tailored and specific and focused, but, uh, I didn't know what that was. And so I called my dad and he was like, well, let's lay out what you like. And so I just Aww. kind of started talking about all the things that like interest me the most. And he was just like, it sounds like you should maybe look into, you know, something in literature, English, poetry even. And so, wow, um, yeah. So you, you and your pops get in the Ford Escort, you guys come out here. Yeah. Did you have a job lined up by the time like to get to LA? No. Or, so you just came out blind? Yeah. So I was fortunate enough that my brother's wife, my sister-in-law, her best friend lived in Carlsbad and she, her husband, they're both actually in the army and her husband was, what's the word? Stationed. Yeah. But he was, um, on leave. He was, oh no, he was, uh, deployed. Yes. Thank you. Um, he had been deployed. And so she had just had her second child two oh, weeks old bless. and I had rang her and I'm like, hi, Tiffany gave me your number. Uh, I want to move to California. When can I come? And she's just like, well, I just had a baby. <laughs> But I so, could use your help. So do you want to come in like two weeks? Oh, like, my God. Yeah, I do. And so it worked out that we drove to Carlsbad. So I, and I stayed with her for a couple of weeks and just kind of helped her with the newborn. And it was really fun. And so for people who don't know the geography of Southern California, the way that it works is like San Diego has a little area right above it that's called Carlsbad, which is like, I guess, still technically San Diego County-ish, right? Isn't that Carlsbad? Yeah. And then if you keep driving, then you hit Orange County, Newport Beach, all that, and then you hit LA. So you were kind, you were like a little bit, probably like what an hour and a, well, with traffic, you were seven years away, but <laughs> right. like, yeah, you, about an hour and a half. Hour and I would half. say. So yeah. were you driving then into Los Angeles or were you just like, I'll post in Carlsbad for a minute and then I'll get closer? Yeah. So, well, rewinding slightly before I moved to California, I went to uh, the telecommunications school's dean and told him that I was moving. And at the time, like, I hope nobody gets in trouble, but privacy was different then. He gave me email addresses of folks living in Los Angeles. And so I I would say maybe like a month before I graduated, I just started emailing these people and planting seeds and getting advice and telling them I wanted to move out. That's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it. it I don't even know how I came up with it. It's probably something my dad told me to do. Aww. But anyway, so when I moved to Carlsbad, I started emailing them saying, hi, I'm here, you know, are there any jobs out there? And it's funny, radio silence. Get out. Three weeks. Oh, I would have been so anxious. I was scared. I would have been thought, too. Wait a minute. I prepared. I was ready. <laughs> I was ready for them to hand me a job. <laughs> <laughs> All I had to do was drive. You know, <laughs> these fuckers are not responding. Right? <laughs> no, um, all amazing people, but but you were freaking out. I was freaking out. I and, would have too. And it was weird because I didn't, I didn't really know what Craigslist was. And somebody was like, "Look on Craigslist for somewhere to live or for jobs." And I'm like, "Wow, people go on Craigslist for entertainment jobs? Okay, interesting." And so I didn't know in that moment that I was going to be moving to Los Angeles. So I started looking for roommates in San Diego on Craigslist. Oh, you did the same. I did not know this about your journey. You and I did such a similar thing of like, yeah, I posted in San Diego for like years because I was like, I'm going to make it happen here because LA is scary. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And like, and with our brains the way they were then, we thought that that was possible. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. I can do entertainment. Seems so rational. It makes total sense. I was driving up for (laughs) auditions up here from San Diego. And I'm like, this is normal. Yeah. Four and a half hours in the car makes total sense. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So living the dream. (laughs) 
So you're emailing people in San Diego yes. being like, yo, I want to live with you. Yeah. And I'm just like, and then going and meeting with this pe- these people and trying to be like, is this the neighborhood where I should be? And are you guys normal and cool? And oh, I met some interesting folks. And in fact, I almost moved in with somebody in Mission Beach. Sure. Yeah. I love Mission Beach. Yeah. I heard sure. great things. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to live in Mission Beach I, guess, Beach, I guess. And so, and then I got an email from one of my, well, I could, can I say her name? I yeah, of course. Yeah, Katie yeah. Krenz. Oh, I, I love Katie. Katie so is such a, a good giant, person. Shout out to Katie. She's amazing. Yes. Katie, I love you. She actually is a huge part of me landing on my feet in Los Angeles. So wait, so you get an email from her whilst you're interviewing people in San Diego trying to find a place to live? Yes. And she just says, what does she say to she you? She just connects and she's like, hey, you know, sorry for the radio silence, X, Y, and Z. She was busy, obviously, and she was going to, you know, keep an ear to the ground for an opportunity. And I'm like, okay, great. That's awesome. At least all you I know needed. that I just am still connected. Absolutely. And then I started applying for jobs. I was all over the place because I started applying for jobs in Los Angeles in PR, which was my backup career. And I found myself one day driving to Los Angeles, interviewing at a PR firm in downtown. And on my drive back, this was a Thursday, they gave me an offer over the phone. And I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. And they're like, great, we'll send you the paperwork. I'm like, great. Well, then when I get back to Carlsbad that evening, I read an email from Katie saying, do you want an interview for a production assistant gig on Family Guy? And I'm like, do I? Immediately. Right. And so on the very next day, Friday, I drove back to LA. I interviewed. And then (laughs) on the drive back from that interview, they called me and they're like, do you have the job? Can you start Monday? And I'm like, this coming Monday? And they're like, yes. Two days like, from today? Right? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll start Monday. And I'm like, where do I live? Good for oh you. You just said yes. <laughs> Fuck yes, Laura. That's Thanks, so gangster. Good man. for you. It's like there's something really awesome about being like 21 and totally like not, not- caring about <laughs> risk or any not, Or money yeah, or, right? or facts. I'm just like optimistic as hell at this point. You know? I was like, everything's going to be fine. It's great. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, yeah. And so. Wait, so do you now, had you communicated? communicated with the, uh, I, I'm going to say army wife because I cannot remember her name and I'm so sorry. Sarah. Sarah, thank you. Good. Um, <laughs> had you communicated with Sarah like, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm off. And she was like, kind of, she was like, great, best of what, love luck. Oh, or yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. That, that aspect of everything was super easy because she okay. knew I was kind of coming and going and coincidentally her husband was also coming back so oh, the, the universe was is perfect. so good yeah it was really nice oh so you really so nice. you were like i'm taking this job mm-hmm. also where am i going to live or did you that did katie like put you in touch with people that you could crash with for a little while no i didn't even alert katie to any of that stuff okay. it was just kind of like i'm here i'm ready and I didn't want her to have to think about anything other than like maybe helping me out, which she totally did. So you're such a good person, Laura. Oh That's so you are. Did you hear that, everybody? I'm I mean, I'm person. I'm never gonna say it again, but like it's <laughs> it's been said and whatever. But like you, it's like hilarious. most people in your position would have been like, okay, cool, thanks for getting me an interview. Also, um, can I sleep uh, on your couch? Hundred percent. And and I feel like there is nothing wrong with no, asking that. But, but you're like me. I would have been like, cool. I already <laughs> I already asked for this favor, and that's a right. lot, and I'm not asking for anything. Yeah, else. totally. Mm. So then you know, Craigslist, which became my best friend at that point. I just I got on and I was looking in Los Angeles and I didn't know the neighborhoods, but I was trying to just check out the map and be like, okay, what's somewhat close to where Family Guy is so that I, you know, don't have to drive six hours. Um, (laughs) Which is so real. That's six. It it makes an unbelievable difference if you live and work in a connected neighborhood. It's it's. Yes, it's life changing. It's huge. Yes, yes. That's so why what, I walk to work now because I'm like nobody. I'm never driving to work again. Yeah, it's the way it changes your life. It really does. <laughs> it's your life. So what neighborhood were you? What neighborhoods? I guess were you checking out to um, try and be close? So Westwood. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a nice area. Westwood, Brentwood, all the woods. Oh, because Fo- the Fox lot is over on that area. I yeah. forgot that. Well, okay. Family Guy wasn't on the lot. It, it was, was not. Uh, in Mir- it still is in Miracle Mile. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Why did I not? Oh, because it's on the back. I've been through the mm-hmm. backside of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Brentwood would be close. To yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I found this gentleman. Shout out to Mitch. He, Hi, Mitch. He let me move in, I think, Sunday. What a I God reached out to him on Friday. He got back to me on Saturday and he's like, we'll make it work. He's like, I have, I was slept in his living room. He had this like little twin mattress for me that we threw on the floor. He gave me the most adorable Mickey Mouse television. Oh. That like I plugged in and had it like set up right by my my bed and it's so cute. You were worried about getting murdered a little bit. Yeah, that was it. I wasn't worried about getting murdered because 
Mitch is so obviously an awesome human being that I was just like, wow, I lucked out finding this just like stellar, awesome person. Boy, God in the universe just lined it all up for you. (laughs) And then was like, here, girl, I got you. We're going to do all these things. Yeah, you know, I I almost feel badly that I don't have this, like I slept in my van story, you know? Uh, Your story's not super easy, though. Not easy, but it was also like, you know, I I had food and a shower. You're right. And, And to be fair, like, all of us living in the United States that have a roof over our head could probably say the same thing, but I think struggle is is relative. And I think yeah. you you didn't have things handed to you. You just you did the work. You did the. They should diligence. have been handed me, but that's fine. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, I'm keeping that in Don't so people know, know what a piece of shit you are. Okay, so you get a little Mickey Mouse television. You're sleeping yeah, in Mitch's in Mitch's family room, living room, whatever family room for because I'm. Very I mean, clever. we're going to call it, it the family it room. A family room and a living room. But do you so see why I'm calling it, it a family room? Yeah. Come on, I'm being funny. Why? Because we're from the Midwest? No, because you worked on Family Guy. Oh, oh I don't. I don't okay. think that works. But oh, fuck, fine. Sorry. So you're watching your stupid I can't TV. Laugh, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how long do you have that living situation? I was there, I think, a few months. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're like living on this twin. Mat- Where's all your stuff? So a lot of it stayed in my car, and thankfully, it never got broken. I was into. literally <laughs> about to say when I lived in Burbank, which is supposed to be the safest area, my shit got all stolen out of my car. How? I don't. Were know. you protected? You had angels looking over you. I don't okay, know, girl. But it was yeah, awesome. Wait, so you were leaving all your clothes and stuff in your car? Um, not all of them, but some of them. Oh, he had God. actually he had this bookshelf, and it it, it had these like. I don't even know how to describe it. Anyway, I could easily hang my clothes like in front of the bookshelf. Okay. Sort of like with this, you know, little and what's so closet thing or something. Yeah. What's so interesting though, and for people who don't live in Los Angeles, like it sounds crazy to think that some random person would be like live in my living room, but the rent here, mm-hmm. even then, even it's then. always been exorbitant. And so if you're an artist or you're struggling or you're just get landing on your feet, the thought of not paying $2,000 a month in rent, just paying like 500 or right. whatever is like, oh my God, yes, I'll do what I think I need to do. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause like, you know, they still don't, they meaning everyone still don't pay their PAs enough. Oh girl. And I, I don't even looking back. I'm just like, how did I survive though? Because after taxes, like you weren't making anything. Like I ate rice and toast. And I think most people do. Cause it's just like, what, unless you're coming with money or like your folks are helping you out, you are, I, you are literally like ramen noodle city. You know? Yeah, it's hard. It's so it's, hard. it's so strange. Anyway. Um, no, that's an important part of the journey, though, that I think that people overlook. And PAs are such an integral part of a production, no matter if it's animated or live action. They are fundamental to everything. Everybody shits all over the job as if it's, oh, just run, get coffee. First of all, coffee is fundamental. And also, it is so much more than that. It like, is. you joked and said, like, oh, I clean out refrigerators. Yes, I'm sure that was an aspect of what you did. And we'll get into it a little bit later. But like, PAs are fundamental to the function and they're kind of the backbone of at really least are. The, the the office experience. Yes. Okay, Anybody so, out there in entertainment, respect your PAs. Yeah. God bless them. Oh, mm-hmm. that's hard work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're making pennies on the dollar totally. and you're, how much were you paying in rent? If you don't mind me asking when you were living with Mitch? Um, I think he was charging me four or four fifty. Isn't that crazy that I had a feeling it was under five? Yeah, Gosh, well, I'm so really amazing. Smart. I am really, amazing. Really <laughs> You're really smart. Okay. So you live there for two months. How do you find your, the place you actually move into then after that? I got lucky. Oh, again? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh my God. Ah. This is over. <laughs> Sit down. She stood up. She tried to leave. Um, I got lucky because one of the writers on the show who became my good friend was going on hiatus and was like, Hilk you want to stay in my beach pad for the summer while I'm in, you know, back home doing my thing until, you know, we're up again. And I'm like, uh, yes. That's the loveliest offer of all time. It was really nice. Especially because knowing what you were making, that was probably. Yeah. Like, yeah. He it was so awesome. It was like the greatest summer of my life. I bet I would have people over all the time. Yeah. I didn't do that weirdly. Well, because you're respectful. I'm um, an asshole. I would have been like party are, at the beach house. You are pretty much <laughs> the biggest asshole I've ever met, but. That's another story. Oh, I'll keep that in. <laughs> um, okay, so you live there for a few months, and then after the beach house, what gets you kind of going in LA? Like, do you stay? How long do you stay a PA? So I was a PA. God, I just sound like a snot. No, like, you do not. I was a PA for three weeks. 
bitch. Right? That's why I'm like, oh, I don't think I want to tell my story Wait, anymore. I'm going to interject though, because that is, I mean, you had angels looking over you. You had a lot of things and that is, and that's a beautiful, it's okay to share the positive stuff. But normally people are PAs for years and are just trying to either get in the writer's room or they're trying to get just seen by production. A lot of people view being a PA as the step into some sort of entertainment in the way that a lot of actors look at background work as like, well, shit, maybe they'll pluck me out of this group of humans and give me a speaking role and I'll join SAG and my life will change. PA work is very similar for behind the camera. Although some people are want to be in front of the camera. That's a whole separate thing. But most people are PAs for an exorbitantly too long of a time. Really. It's true. It's so, true. I felt really lucky. And I think the timing was really, really right mm-hmm. because the producer's assistant was getting promoted. And what I love about Family Guy, and they still are like this to this day, is they promote from within. That's great. Most of the time, which is so cool because people are there like working their butts off and like trying to get into different areas of production or the writer's room or whatever. So in, in my time at Family Guy, I think it was like four or five PAs to assistants to writers. That is it was so awesome lovely to see. Yeah, that is so 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 rare mm-hmm. on shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, shout out to Seth because that's mm-hmm. a really lovely lovely thing. Yes, that he, that's a. I assume that's an environment he has cultivated. Yes, absolutely. That's lovely. Yeah. Okay, so you go from being a PA. What's your next step then? The production assistant, or sorry, the producer's assistant then becomes your next role. Yes, and in fact, they. So two things I have to have you know okay. is that they hired me because I didn't watch Family Guy. Oh, so you weren't a fan. Yeah. So they're like, oh, you're not going to be all over Seth. I'm like, yeah, no. Like, I, I don't even know, know who Seth he is. Long. Sorry, Seth, but I don't know who he wants. You know? It's like, this looks like a cool show, you know? Yeah. Um, and then also I got promoted into the assistant, producer's assistant position, literally because I cleaned out the refrigerator. Really? So that's why I mention it, because it is the reason why they were like, she went above and beyond. Nobody asked me to do it. It was just grimy in there, Kate. So I was like, somebody's got to do it. And that somebody's me. And the producer noticed that. And she was like, Karen, I've been meaning to promote you anyway. I'm going to promote you. And I want to interview Laura to replace you. And she did. And she was like, okay, you're hired. And a part of it was just because, you know, why wouldn't you want to put somebody on an assistant's desk that's going to like clean out a fridge for no reason? I would. I, yeah, I would too. I'd be like, okay, you just got like old baloney under your fingernails. Like you're hired. That's, um, <laughs> it's so weird how similar some of our journey is. And like, this isn't, this podcast isn't about me, but like, I love this. When I worked at an ad agency at an, doing an internship in New York City, I, I just had this, like, I was like a receptionist and I did the same thing. I cleaned out a refrigerator and the office manager saw me do that. She wrote a letter of recommendation for me that meant that that, that internship actually counted towards my degree so that I didn't have to do it my senior year. Cause she was like, That's no, amazing. you really, and everyone was like, why are you doing that? Like no one does that. But it's so fun. Clean out the refrigerator guys. If you're going to summarize anything in your <laughs> working journey, clean out that the refrigerator. What I tell young college students, clean out the fridge. <laughs> it's so fun. Fridge. Do the, do the, it's more of a, I guess, clearly a metaphor, but like do the extra thing <laughs> mm-hmm. that even the people that like, people were like, Ooh, that's so I'm, I'm sure people were like, what the fuck is she doing? Like, oh, don't yeah, do that. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. you're like, bitch, I'm about to get hired to do something else. <laughs> Watch me clean out this baloney. You're like, just wait, I'm going to answer somebody's phone. <laughs> Okay, so you go to the ultra glamorous producer's assistant and then just to like understand your LA journey. So you do that for a while. You how do you get on to the voice side of the acting world? To be fair, I only did a couple of voices. It counts, girl. Well, a couple yeah, more than a lot of people. So um when Mike got his spinoff for the Cleveland show. Who you have to use his first and last. Sorry, Mike Henry. There you go. He's the voice of Cleveland. He sure is. And he got his own show. Because he's a really nice guy from everything I've heard. Yeah, he's an incredible dude. He asked me to go over there and be his assistant. So I left the Family Guy American Dad producer's desk, went over to his his desk. And then while on his desk, he was just like, I don't... Actually, I was driving his mom to the airport at one point. And she was asking about me. And I was just talking to her about my background. And then Mike came in the next day and he was like, my mom said you did theater. And I was like, yeah, I did. And he was like, well, do you want to try a voice? What of it? It was stuff so doesn't generous. happen. It's, it's so, it's so doesn't. lovely. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't. It was really, really kind of him. But you also had no agenda. You were just talking to his mom, and I think that people can smell that on you. That you're Aww. like just genuine. That you're you. like, yeah, oh, I'm I, just talking. I try to be. I don't think I wake up with agendas. 
not even agendas I should have, but that's okay. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. So it was really sweet. And I'm like, she did? Oh my gosh, this is okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I would love to try a voice, like for sure. And so I read a part at the table read and it went really well. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't it up can can you tell us how which which episode are we allowed to know 108 cleveland juniors cherry bomb okay i know yeah, what episode I'm laura that is. davis you're the girlfriend the, the girl that he likes right. oh That's i me. know that episode yeah. oh. i was so honored to like be the girl he liked oh how good is that <laughs> mike liked you in real life so his character <laughs> liked you on the show um, <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you what what other voice did you do? I did a couple in various episodes, but to be honest with you, I don't remember those as much because they were like a couple words. Sure, sure. I feel badly that I don't really remember those it's as okay. much. But yeah, the Cleveland Junior, Junior Cherry Bomb I remember well because it was like multiple sentences and it was my first time. I love that. You always remember your first. Oh, you boy. Know? Well, hopefully. Uh, okay. <laughs> Isn't that ironic that it was that episode too? <laughs> Like the parallels are crazy. It's very ironic. So you're working on these shows. You what what gets you to the two and two creative network? Like where where does this idea birth from? I know I'm skipping over a lot. No, no, that's okay. It's it's good. There's a lot to skip that I'd love to skip. Um, but re- like any details you want to throw in, feel free. Because no, like, it's cool. Um, so how'd you get first? I guess the better question is how'd you get connected to Michael to then be able to branch off and do your own thing? Yeah. So Linda Lamontagne, who was doing casting for Family Guy and American Dad in Cleveland at the time, and who's one of my dearest friends, shout out Linda, I love you. She did casting for uh, some of Michael's shows. And when she learned that they were hiring, she put my name up and they interviewed me and it went really well and it was a great fit. And so I moved over there. Okay. So doing what kind of work though? Um, So when they hired me in as the assistant to the president and COO, the head of production, the head of creative and the head of acquisitions and development. How the fuck were you able to assist four people simultaneously? It's a small company. So weirdly it was easy. I feel like to to assist that many people in like a giant company. Oh, it would be insane. Would be a lot harder than in this like tinier ecosystem where okay. all the conversations overlapped anyway. So it just made sense that you have like one person orchestrating all of that. Okay. So it was it was a challenge, but it wasn't as impossible as it sounds. Okay. Yeah. So you so you transitioned over because Linda put you up for it and you did well in the interview mm-hmm. and they wanted you. Yes. Is that where you currently work right now? At Tornante? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. How did 212 Creative Network get birthed from that? Okay. So in 2015, I left Tornante. Oh, okay. And I moved to Chicago. And while I was in Chicago, I kind of, I got my feet wet in the indie film and TV scene. And I love Chicago for, I mean, it's such a noble town. I'm obsessed with Chicago. I fucking it, life. If I could live there right now, I would. I love Chicago. It's a great, great town. I, I have come to say like, I enjoy visiting there over living there, but also because I'm pre-production uh, and you have to be out here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they have a lot of, you know, if I was a gaffer or a camera person or whatever, it would make sense because they have a lot of crew out there, but I'm not crew, so I've had a hard time getting my footing. And then they spend a lot of time hunting for money for indie projects, which mm. is so incredibly hard. So when they that. find the money and they're producing, like, go see indie films, people, because Aww. they work so hard and they, like, cry at night to get Aww. things, like, made and more people need to go turn out for those so- trainings. I want to then go a little deeper into that. So were you part of the, like you just moved to Chicago and blindly just got into indie films or like, did you know someone? No, I love meeting strangers and like networking. Okay. So once I moved to Chicago, I just started like, I don't know, researching people and trying to find, just being like, who are you? What do you do? Let's get coffee. I want to like learn more about your business or I want to learn more about you know, this film you worked on 10 years ago or whatever it is. And I just started having coffee with people. And then those people would introduce me to other people like, oh, you know what you, who you should meet. And then I would meet with them. Um, what made you move? To, did, you, did you already answer this? And I just didn't listen. The What was the incident or the thing that got you out of L.A. that you were like, I'm kind of done with L.A. for a minute? OK, yeah. It Well, it was a lot of different things. OK. But the biggest thing was like my dad got sick. Okay. And he's better now and he's fine. So it's it's like okay to talk about. It. I want to talk about it, obviously. But yeah, like, yeah. But I went back because I felt very compelled to be near him. Great. And you yeah. want to be closer to home. Yeah. I totally, totally get that. Okay. Yeah. So you plop down in Chicago. You're you're networking like crazy. Are you using Craigslist again? 
Uh, yeah. Were you really? No. Oh, I was like, I'll die. No, the birth of LinkedIn <laughs> changed my life. Right? Most people don't like it. Sorry, LinkedIn, but I love it. You're welcome, LinkedIn. So, um, <laughs> sorry. And also, I'm not. <laughs> sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I would just kind of be like, oh, cool. Like, I look at this person's profile and be like, they're really interesting. I want to learn more about that. And I would message them. And nine times out of 10, people would message back me like, yeah, let's get coffee. I love that. Yeah. yeah oh. I mean, why say no? Well, a lot of people do a lot yeah, of people say no i mean it's a great true. question why say no but a lot of people do that's true okay so you you stay in chicago so how did two because so you see the need for film independent film to be able to get funding or to like you see a need for like a centralized place to be able to have that happen is that sort of the idea behind two and two creative network so really long story short when i was getting ready to move back to los angeles a lot of it was I missed the business mm. so much and I couldn't find my piece of the business in the Midwest. Sure. And so before I left, I sat down with the executive director of a nonprofit in my hometown and just expressed my frustration. I was just like, hey, you know, there is so much talent here. There is no reason why there isn't a bigger industry here. And I want to figure out a way to, if we can, like crack this nut somehow. And sure. he was like, it was so much more magical than this, but he's like, same. And we developed 212 Creative Network, which connects well, you already said it in the bio, but yeah, no, but we, say it. we pair talent in the Midwest to industry professionals in Los Angeles so that they can develop projects, acquire resources and knowledge they need so that they can turn their glorious ideas into actual opportunities, be it a job or in a perfect, awesome universe selling their own show. It's it's just incredible the amount of talent we've seen across so many sectors. It's, it's largely in illustration and animation, but we do have some feature folks. We do have some live action TV game developers, folks with startup ideas, not knowing how to get started, all sorts. Wow. And it's just been like this influx of just creative, awesome people who just don't know what to do or like who to talk to or even how to talk to people. And so we kind of want to buffer that. That's great. And I keep calling it two and two, but it's 212 212. creative. And just, or if people are going to look it up, it's the numbers. It's the number two, the number one, and the number two, and then creative network. Okay, great. All right. So that's where we're at. You're still, and and then you came back to Tornante um, when you moved back to Los Angeles. Yes. Okay. So I moved back. I was I was set up to produce an adult animated show that since then lost some legs. It's mm. alive in the world. Who knows what's going to happen with it? But Tornante called me and they're like, hey, we heard you're coming back to L.A. Do you want to come a little bit sooner? Because we could use your help here. And then you can take meetings, do whatever you need to do. And then once your show goes or whatever it is, no no hard feelings. Will you go do your thing. And That's so lovely. They're a great company. Sounds like it. Yeah, I've spent many years with them. I love them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then now you're here. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed your apps. We're going to move on to the entrees after a quick break. We are back and it's now on time. Wow. I've never fucked up this much in front of you. This is how comfortable I am in front of you. I just keep fucking up. I'm glad I bring out the worst in you. It's great. Oh, best guest ever. We are back and it's now onto the entrees. So this is the super speedy speed round of questions. She did actually work in customer service, guys. This is what got her, uh, got us talking about this. And it's the only reason I ever on the podcast because, you know, I don't care about family guy. What was your first job ever, 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 ever? I was working at a dry cleaners. Oh my God. I yeah. Didn't know that. The, the register. It was awesome. It was awesome because I got to push the button. Oh, to bring the clothes forward? Clothes conveyor. Oh, man. That was okay. so fun. Okay. Yeah. And that was, how old were you? 15. They, wow. And they were Soon having you run legal, the register. girl, I was working. That's, that's the Midwest in you. <laughs> okay. All right. How many customer service jobs have you had? And feel free to count. Okay. Yeah, I do need to count. Okay. Um, Dry cleaners is Uno. Oh, it does that count? Even Absolutely. You're oh, dealing, no, any customer service, like anytime oh, you're interacting with customers. Two. She's counting. Nine? Holy Crap. Okay, can you list them all now that you've counted them? So dry cleaners? The dry cleaners. Flanagan's. Oh, Steakhouse? No. No? This was different. This was not a franchise Flanagan's. Oh. It was like an Irish-themed, like, American restaurant known for their leprechaun burgers. Hilarious that it's Irish-themed American. We're going to come back to that. So the leprechaun (laughs) burger place is number two. What's number three? (laughs) (laughs) So true. Flanagan's. Applebee's. Olive Garden. Oh, I know. I'm trying to think the ones that also weren't restaurants. 
Uh, wait, I just counted nine and now I'm only at four. What it's happened? okay, keep going. You're good. Being a PA counts too, PS. It does? I oh, feel like it does because it it's service. Um, oh, I was like a teacher's assistant? That doesn't really count. Mm-hmm. Oh, does it? You got to deal with parents. Um, <laughs> Tell me how you oh, really feel, oh, guys. Oh, oh, one of my favorite jobs. I can't believe I forgot about it. I don't know what the title would be, but I basically like leased apartments. Oh, God. You don't like that? Oh, uh, well, you're going to have to tell me about it. That sounds so it was really fun. like a nightmare. Was that in Indiana? Oh, well, that would be amazing. Was yeah, that out here or was that Indiana? That was at IU. Oh, in, in college you were doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we're up to six. Okay. No, that's seven. Seven. I'm skipping one. Okay. I had a lot of jobs. You got to nine before. I know. What were the other two? There's so much pressure. So right much now. pressure. I don't know. I don't think we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting up and grabbing her things and walking out. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Sit back down, Laura. Club soda. Wait, what? Joseph Dupuy. Okay. Those are my nine. Thank you. Wait, what's club soda and what's Joseph Dupuy? Uh, both restaurants. Oh, okay. Okay. We're going to get into those because I want to know. Which was your favorite of all the customer service jobs? So don't include entertainment stuff, even though I still think that counts as like customer service. Like don't include that part. So like of all the customer service jobs, what was your favorite? I love waiting tables. You do? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I do. You got out early enough to still love it. That's all you know, that is. It's funny, and, and no disrespect to anybody out there that I've ever worked with who might be listening. <laughs> the back of house, like the behind the scenes, is not my favorite. Yeah, oh, same. But girl. being on the floor, working with customers, and like bringing them an awesome experience, I really genuinely love that. Like, if really? I could own my own restaurant and control the types of folks that like work in my restaurant, that would probably be like. Dream number two. Really? Yeah. What is that about? Like you never, well, we're going to get into it, but like, (laughs) wow. Okay. You are the first person. I have done so many of these interviews and you are literally the first person to be like, I really like waiting tables. I guess it's good that I interviewed someone that likes it. I'm being an asshole. It's like, I'm projecting my shit on everyone. Like, come if you hate this, I'll interview you. I have moments that I can share, but yeah, overall, I like it. Okay, good. We'll get into it. I mean, I guess I don't, interacting with customers can be good if they're not pieces of garbage. It's just totally rare to find the non-garbage people in my experience. Oh, anyway. Man. Sorry. Oh, I'm in it though, girl. I'm yeah. too in the trenches right now. I am not objective yeah. at all. As you wear that shirt. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing my uniform for tonight <laughs> while I'm interviewing her. Oh, I'm doing great. Um, what was your least favorite of all of the customer service jobs? So of the nine you've listed, what was the one? And we've established you liked waiting tables, so it's not, you're not talking shit. Um, my least favorite. I know I was miserable where was i <laughs> let's see why the uh, the american irish themed bar was okay that? you know my least favorite for some reason was applebee's okay well i've heard applebee's and olive garden i'm surprised it wasn't one of the like if you hadn't said one it of was, the two of them yeah i, would have I been almost like, said How? olive garden yeah well because the corporate restaurant stuff is hard because there's so much extra for so no extra money like the dancing and the singing and the fucking then the up and the blah and the t-shirts and the well i guess mm. applebee's and olive garden don't have t-shirts but like all that corporate side of restaurant stuff is exhausting you're just trying to serve food and drinks and be done yeah I also judge my experiences and I'm sorry, you'll be fine despite my opinion, but I I judge my experiences on like what goes on in the kitchen. Why was Applebee's your least favorite? Is it because of that, because of the back of the house stuff? Yeah. I just didn't like the setup of the kitchen. It just, it wasn't logical. And so I just felt like the way I had to do things back there was backwards and it just made everything harder. Can you give me, can you be more specific? Um, Like when you say the setup, do you mean the actual physical architecture of the kitchen yes and the cooks were jerks oh well that happens a lot yeah not all of them shout out to the nice ones heavy sigh but a lot of them are jerks and they do have to deal with a lot and servers can be terrible and they come back screaming and i get all of that's annoying totally get it and it's hot it's hot back there i get that too but what is what was the structural piece of it that you hated was it like walk-in salads were right there drinks were over here desserts were in the back like what was the like yeah, it's like the soda machine was near the salad bar. Okay. And I thought that was really weird because like, you know, soda, soda sprays can out. spritz. And mm-hmm. blah, blah, you, you want know? sugar and on your lettuce. Like, well, I feel like there's some Coca-Cola in that iceberg right now. Ugh. Right? Ugh. And I like, so I always like, I'd be in the weeds, right? And then I'd be at the Coke machine, like be very careful. Because I don't, I mean, I'm so anal that I'd be like, if there was a drop of Coke in the iceberg, I'd be like, we got to clean out the iceberg. Yeah. We got to start fresh. I'm that way too. And I think it's probably why some people disliked me in the business because they're just like, 
okay, the sign says wash your hands and say ha- sing happy birthday to like really wash them. But I'm like, I'm that girl that's like, am I having like happy birthday? <laughs> and they're just like, Laura, hurry up. I need to use this. <laughs> but to be fair, if you're touching food, I guess if I were like getting slammed and I had like eight tables sat at once or whatever, then I might be like, Laura, move your fucking ass. <laughs> But logically, like if you are touching things, the singing happy birthday, hand washing experience, that actually makes me feel better that some people out there are doing I, that. One person. And you, and me. then you quit. So that's that's that. <laughs> they you they shame good one Applebee's. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You'll never get me back. I'm literally calling this episode you lost a good one Applebee's. I'm dying. <laughs> Okay, so the structural like architecture of the kitchen, you were like, this is garbage. Yeah, I just didn't like it. I can't remember like more details than that, and I wish I could because I brought it up, but it, I just remember it sucking. And then I also remember um, that was my first experience where I was like, oh, I really do need those special shoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100% because you're going to slip and fall on your yeah. ass. Yeah, which I did. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you buy the special shoes? Uh, after that, yeah. They're not cute. I, They're d- very ugly. Yeah. Skechers tried to design like a pair of them and they were still ugly. And I was like, I had those. Yeah, I did too. They're not cute. They're really ugly. Ugh, and they have no, no laces. I'm like, I don't want slip on. Like I'd rather wear Crocs. Like, yeah, I, I, I like Crocs. Same. I admit it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Midwest in us. I don't own a pair though. I refuse to do it. Can I okay. tell you a quick Croc story? Yeah, please? please. I was working at Tornante and I used to walk to get salads at this place in Beverly Hills and I would change out of my heels into hot orange Crocs. Sure. And on this particular day, I was wearing black pants and a black blouse. And then I was walking up Rodeo in these like hot orange Crocs. And I get to an intersection in this, can I say douchebag? Is yes, that like really absolutely. Mean? No, say Sorry, it. it's not PC, but this douchebag rolls up to the intersection. He rolls down his window and he goes, how much, baby? <gasps> yeah. What do you think I did? <laughs> um, Showed him your butthole? What did you throw a Croc at I him? threw a Croc at Did him. you really? No, but oh. I wish I did. <laughs> what did you actually do? I just waved. <laughs> <laughs> what to do i'm just like it was so unexpected i was just like waving that is the most laura hilker answer of all time. i just waved at that man who implied i was that prostitute <laughs> okay girl <laughs> i would have told him what for okay or i would have you know what depending on how nope don't finish that sentence my mom might be listening here we go i'm not a prostitute i have now i have to clear this up are, because i'm not no. and there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> no nothing wrong with sex work i just don't do it okay <laughs> I had a terrible joke to make right there and I'm holding back. Okay. So Applebee's, why was Olive Garden tied for least favorite? Cause I had to wear a tie. So I had to wear a tie. And I also like don't eat that food. Oh, like, sure. I don't, yeah, no, I don't either. If you either. love Olive Garden, that's totally cool. I know. I mean, wanna, love shout it. out to Luke Lazalde who designed my logo and is 100% listening right now and very offended <laughs> because sorry. Olive Garden is his favorite restaurant. Oh. Shout out, Luke. Sorry, keep my going. My nephew too. And I love my nephew. <laughs> so it's totally okay. Okay. But yeah, I just had a hard time understanding that many people coming every single day for Olive Garden. <laughs> Took a drink of coffee and I I just spit it out. We might have to delete. I feel like the biggest jerk. Bitch, I'm not deleting any of this. This is is gold. Um, Oh my god! You just could understand people flocking for unlimited breadsticks. You judgmental asshole. Unlimited breadsticks are amazing. And also, it's like okay, if you are gonna give them like bottomless salad, could you put more than one black olive in the whole giant bowl of salad? (laughs) (laughs) Which just really angered me. So the olive to salad ratio was frustrating was so and the style of food and the tie. Yeah. So these are reasons. <laughs> You've been at the game too long, girl. These, these are not things to hate. You're so nice. Okay. No, I mean, I, I also it. hate people no, that these, are mean. That are mean. Same Z's. Okay. Some servers are very jaded. Some, Love listen. You, miss you. Nah. <laughs> you're talking to one. Like, I am too. Like, I. Yeah, but you're funny. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> My tables when I'm being a cunt wouldn't say that. They'd be like this one right here. She just said the C word. I did. Ooh, I should probably have not. Oh well. <laughs> Whatever. I put explicit on the thing. Yeah. You're gonna oh my god. You are so Kate offended. after all. Okay. <laughs> We're moving on. This is why I can't interview your friends. What's the weirdest thing you've been asked whilst you were on the clock? Like at any of these customer service jobs? Like something that you were like I mean, you can the weirdest thing I've been asked. Yeah. We've had some really extreme answers for this, but you don't have to. Don't have to oh, from a customer or from yeah. a fellow coworker? Well, let's go with either. 
or both. Um, so a fellow coworker asked me if I wanted to go do blow in the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> um, but you go ahead. You enjoy your time. <laughs> no judgments if you're out there and you do blow. I don't know. Live your life. <laughs> I don't know. Live your life. I wasn't interested. Uh, <laughs> Same. Uh, oh, I just, people have stopped offering it to me because I'm like, no, no, thank you. Like, and they're like, like oh, guys, she's not guys, fun. Kate doesn't do blow. Let's just <laughs> yeah, get used to it. Just get used to it. <laughs> We don't so want to waste it on her nose anyway. Can I ask, was please tell me that that was at Applebee's or Olive Garden because I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> Swears, Applebee's. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm crying. <laughs> Who needs to fucking put... Who needs that much of an upper at Applebee's? very intense and happy running those apps <laughs> you get tired lots of people want more than one order of nachos <laughs> i'm crying i cannot oh i'm dead oh that is so funny <laughs> you just say no thank you and then they ever offer you again no thank goodness oh i'm crying I really they're not like your friends who are just like <laughs> oh boy every night <laughs> We're your real friends. We're going to keep asking until you, <laughs> you say yes. These hard drugs up your nose. The security guard came up to me last night at the club and was like, hey, is that guy in your section? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, grinning, like, you know, moving his shoulders. And he had been like hyper all night. And he was like, I just caught him in the bathroom doing blow. And I was like, okay. Um, and he was like, I'm just going to keep my eye on him because he thinks he's really subtle. But he was like, he goes, I was next to him. And he kept it like... <laughs> I just said to him, I was like, does he need to go? And he's like, I don't know. We'll see how hyper he gets. And he kept like, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. And he was like, I think we, I think he needs to go. And I was like, I don't know, man, he's on that blow energy. Like he might come for you. And this guy's like massive and he's six, six, eight. I think he is. He's just massive dude. And he just walks over to the guy and the guy just stands up and leaves. He's like, (laughs) Like, I know. I I was like, this is the best. Oh God. I had an aha moment back there. You know what? I did too much. I know I've done too much. Time to go. Okay. Woo. Okay. That's, that's great. Oh, I'm going to have to edit so much of this. What incident has ever made, which I seriously doubt you're going to be able to answer this. What incident ever made like a customer asked to speak with your manager? Oh, I know of an incident. Ooh, okay. Um, I was at Flanagan's. Okay. Not the steakhouse. This is the Irish themed American bar. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which I will never stop saying. <laughs> For, what was it, the Dublin bur- Leprechaun Burger? Leprechaun Burger. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's not open anymore, so now I can oh, say whatever. Oh, sad. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was learning the tray. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. And so I had six glasses of soda, soda pop, pop on the pop. tray. Pop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's totally pop. It's pop. Right? For the, yeah, it was the Midwest. I forgot you're from the Midwest. Yeah. Like, every time I say pop, then somebody's like, you mean soda? Yeah. So I was like saving us some Oh, time. I say but soda. Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Say pop. Okay. So I had like six pops on the tray and, and I did so good and I had one left and it was Mountain Dew. <laughs> the stickiest of all the sodas. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, and yes, on the top of this woman's head. Oh no, you did not. Swear, white cashmere, white cashmere sweater. Oh, never, no. I'm never going to forget it. Oh no. And she just, I'll never forget her face. Like she goes, <gasps> and oh, she's no. holding up her arms and like her, her hair is just like matted down her face and she's just <gasps> drenched in Mountain Dew. <laughs> And I was just like, wait, you're oh. learning a trade. Did you, ha- did she bump you or something? Or did you like, No, sorry, I was set. I went to set down this and I was going, I was going to go back for the Mountain Dew and it just went slow, like oh, in slow motion, slid like, across oh, the tray. We've all been there. <laughs> just dumped oh, on your God. head. Yeah. Oh my God. I'll never forget it. It was, I was mortified. Wait, so was she pissed? You know, it's funny because at first I was just like, this is the end of me. I'm fired. This for is sure. Yeah. And she did ask to speak to the manager. Of course. But then what she said to the manager was, I'm not mad. These things happen, but will you pay to have my sweater dry cleaned? Oh, and yeah. that's such a reasonable, lovely oh, response. so incredibly nice of her. I don't even know if I would have done the same. In Hell no. Right? I would have been like, I need a blooming Onion or whatever the fuck. I don't <laughs> know what they serve there. Onion. Give me two. that onion. Give me two. Extra sauce. <laughs> With 4,000 calories each. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't care about my sweater. Um, that's really lovely, yeah, actually. Nice. Yeah. You're so nice. Though. Did anybody, like, did, did you piss anybody off by being kind of like rude to them and then they asked to speak to the manager i doubt um, you just i just don't think that's true for you no no i not. i am you know i am an asshole in my mind mm, boy <laughs> so i wish i had that filter me off i'm just like the things that i'm saying in my mind 
are hurting you know, some feelings. Probably mean. Yeah, hurting feelings. <laughs> okay, great. What was the last straw that kind of got you out of customer service? Like, was it just like, all right, I've graduated college and now I'm moving on to entertainment? Or was it like you were like, fuck this, flip a table, I'm out? No, actually, I two years ago I was waiting tables. Oh, mm. tell us. Yes. So when I moved to Chicago, I was driving Uber. I was... Which is rough. If anyone's done it, I've done it too. It's hard. It's, it's hard. really hard. It's, it's hard to make it's, money. It's hard. It's fun. It can be. People. Yeah. Yeah. When they're nice, you're like, this is kind of yes. cool. And then you get a jerk and you're like, uh-oh, maybe this yep. isn't so cool. Um, yes, but it is hard to make money. Mm-hmm. Although I will say in Chicago, it's easier to make money than in LA. Really? Yeah. Because there's less drivers? Yeah, probably less drivers. Okay. But also just the way the city's laid out. Oh, it's, it's a so grid system. It's so concentrated yep. too in like one area where LA is so spread out. So you can do like drop off drive, drop yep. off drive, drop off. And you oh. get like, you can get into the surge zones like so much easier. Oh. Yeah. So like I would go into the surge, drop, go back into the surge, drop. And I could do that three times before the surge went away. Holy or shit. In LA, you'd be lucky if you could even get like one. A block back towards the surge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you were doing Uber and you were also waiting tables at the same time? So not in Chicago. I couldn't, weirdly, I could not get a service job in Chicago. Really? Despite all of my experience. Well, there's a shitload of of actors in Chicago and there's a shitload of people that are like, that's their side hustle. But there's some people that are career. career. Yeah, which no shade to that. Good on you. You can make money. but good money. So you couldn't get a service job. Was it because you just didn't know anyone? Yeah, I think I might have needed to know somebody. To just be like, like bring her in. She's cool. It's fine. So that's, I started driving Uber and then I had started my own company. I don't really want to go into it, blah, blah, blah. I was doing like, social media videos and corporate videos for companies. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Like I miss LA. I miss my job. I miss all of it. I'm I'm going back. And so on my way back to LA, I stopped in my hometown of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Aww. I lived with my parents for a couple of months, which was, which was like completely bittersweet. Because, yeah. you know, how old was I then? I was like 35 yeah. living with my parents. And, and you know, my mom's like still thinks I'm 12, right? Sure. So Knock, knock, knock. Breakfast. Right? What time? You got, Boy, you sure got in late last night. <laughs> Why are your eyes so bloodshot? I'm like, well, I drank my weight in vodka, mom. Because <laughs> I'm an adult. I make adult decisions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you stopped when you were there for the two months. Did you get a I, service job there? So, yes. So I waited tables at, that was Club Soda. Oh. Oh, okay mm-hmm. that's a really odd name i'm not gonna lie like god bless it's, indiana it sounds but. odd but then you know it has like these beautiful little like bubbles like floating out of the the logo oh. and with a martini glass they make it look cool okay see my in my mind i would be like oh that's a sober bar which would be cool because those are by the way those are becoming a thing in new york i heard cool? of those yeah anyway that's a separate conversation mm-hmm. kind of cool anyway so you work at club soda for two months and then were you like fuck this, I'm out, or you were already like, I am on my journey back to LA. I was so on, I'm only... Yeah, I was on my journey back. Okay, yeah. were you making good tips there? I made probably the best money there than anywhere. Really? Because mm-hmm. it was cocktails as well, or why? Yeah, because it was like, it was a, a steakhouse. Oh. And so it was like lots of people coming, the whole table of 12 were ordering steaks and martinis. And so oh, like the tabs yeah. were a lot higher. Would you, would, were you allowed to grat? What's that mean? Oh, uh, put a gratuity on, oh, guarantee a tip? eight or more. Oh, you were. Yeah. So, but not a not a dollar amount. Just eight or more people. Yeah, eight or more people. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Oh, he... I'm sorry. Eight or more people. It's twenty percent. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Oh, very nice. Oh, okay. How many bodily fluids have been on you whilst you were on the clock, whether they were yours or someone else's? Have you ever been barfed on or any of that stuff? I shudder to think how many body fluids have been on me. That really? I'm not even aware of. Oh, God. it's a dirty business, man. Sure is. You don't know what people are doing with their napkins. Ooh, and you're like, grabbing them, right? And then you're like, in no reality should servers be also bussing. No, it's too dirty. It's, it's too, right. yeah, because they're touching your food, too. Totally. Uh, no. Mm-mm. But have you ever been barfed on? No. I've been spit up on by a baby. Aww. But it wasn't barf. So spit no. up doesn't gross me out for whatever no. reason. Barf Vomit. wouldn't even gross me out. Oh. Not from a baby. Well, baby barf, no, but that is kind of spit up. But I mean, who barfed on you? Oh, girl, I have so many what? stories. There was a girl that got wasted at the comedy club where I work, and she was like, having a time and she's she's she used to she comes in a lot and she thinks she was drugged i just think she drank too much but she was i mean projectile like slumped over on the toilet then projectile vomiting i called the or i had them call the ambulance and i was like she needs to go to the hospital but anyway she barfed on me and then (laughs) i don't want to say who but i had a co-worker throw up a little bit on me too (laughs) no i can't do it she'll kill me she's gonna tell me later yeah i will i'll tell you off off i almost said off camera because i don't know what we're doing (laughs) yay um do you tip when i go out yeah uh yeah i love that this is your in fact if 
if I'm dating somebody who doesn't tip 20%, I'm no longer dating them. Isn't that, that's such a good litmus test for yeah, who a person is. Absolutely. Yeah. And if somebody's mean to a server, I'm like, yeah, deal breaker. But, oh, same, same. I hold, because it is so reflective of so many other things because it's, it's such a power move in your head. And it's, yeah, I feel like it's indicative of a lot more than just how you treat a server. Yes. How much do you tip? What's your percentage? 20%. Do you? And if, if they do like an excellent job, sometimes it's 25 or 30. Yeah. That's what, oh, I gotta stop interviewing my friends. Everyone <laughs> says the same fucking thing. This is why we're friends. Yeah, that's true. Have you ever been stiffed? Oh yeah. In yeah. fact, I have run across parking lots to get my tip. I'll die. No, I have Girl, you gotta tell me the story right I now. Mean, I didn't catch them, but yeah, at Flanagan's, I was run out on four different times. With like no, not paying a tab or with just not oh, tipping so, you? Sorry, two of those times they did pay their tab, but just they didn't, didn't sign the slip. Oh, and God. then they didn't leave a tip. So if you don't, everyone listening, if you don't sign the credit card slip and you don't fill it out and you just leave it on the table, we get nothing. We all we get is the tab covered because you could technically call your credit card company and say, I never saw the receipt. I didn't eat there. I wasn't there. We need something, a piece of paper with a signature on it. And even if you're not going to tip us, just fill it out. Fill it out. That's a large reason why chips and cards exist. Get out. Because now, if they use the chip, yeah. they can't go back to the... I don't know what it is, but I heard they, they can't go back to the bank and say, like, I didn't eat there. Blah, blah, blah. There's some security with the chip that makes How it... How interesting. Like, like, something with the swipe makes it somehow more possible to, like, dodge restaurant payments. That is fascinating. I did yeah. not know that. So what is the... But, like, so you... So two of the tabs, they just didn't sign? Right. Okay, so you did you and no run? Tip. So, yes. Yeah, so then I ran out to the parking lot to try to find them to be like, sign, you got to sign. Yeah, and um, did and you didn't find those two no. people. Mm-hmm. What were the what were the other two? The other two had signed but didn't leave a tip, and I was just mad. So I was kind of in a place where I was like, I'm gonna go confront them about not leaving me a tip. Good because for you. Because it was a big table, and I busted my bum. Yeah. And they ran me rampant, and then they didn't leave me a dime. And I'm like, ah, oh, I was so nice. Wow. And I gave them really good service. And did they end up tipping you after you confronted them? No, because I couldn't find them. Oh. <sighs> God, it just, it, it stings. It yeah. stings. And like we've, I've said this on the podcast a bunch and some guests have said this too. We wish that working in the service industry wasn't dependent on tips because I really don't like gambling to have to pay my rent. And it does feel like a gamble every single month of like, well, really hope people tip this month. I mean, it truly is that. That's a horrible feeling. It's not great. But also if you don't tip us, you're not sticking it to the man at all. And you're not making a point about the industry at all you're just screwing over your server full mm-hmm. stop that's mm-hmm. it if you want to work on some legislation to get it to change please go forth but it's not going to change anyway do you ever not tip do i ever no really never what if the service I, is bad i have never not tipped in my life even when i didn't have like money really? i still don't have money let's be honest <laughs> but like i've never I remember back in the day i don't know it was like the 90s or maybe it was early 2000s there was like this big trend about leaving a penny Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I worked in the service industry when that was a thing. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. No, I always tip. Yeah, that was like leave a penny thing or leave just coins on the tray and make a point. Oh, I would return it. I would like because I gave zero. I was so busy with school that I would just go back and hand them all the change and be like, you forgot your change. Like, I'm not I'm I not even I don't want your fu- yeah. your pennies, your dimes Same. like suck it. So I also have a hard time like even if the service is bad. That's what I was going to ask. You really like you'll I, still tip. I physically cannot bring myself to not tip i'm the same way i i don't think i've i think i've maybe i like can't even think of an incident where i didn't at least put something i've tipped well below the 30 per 20 30 percent i normally tip when someone's shitty mm. but i can't think of a time when i was like i'm leaving them zero i just don't think i yeah but do you tip uber and lyft drivers too since you yes. did that work you do how much do you tip them depends on the drive and the driver i tend to get i definitely give more I, it's not a percentage okay i definitely give more to people who like earn it mm. whereas they're just kind of like either they're bad drivers or they're like sort of rude but not really like me overtly rude yeah yeah so i still tip them because i know they live on those tips sure but I, if somebody's awesome i'll give them like five bucks now so the detail laura isn't throwing in here is that like she currently her car got totaled parked on the street and so she's taking uber and lyft every day multiple times a day which means this girl is tipping every day <laughs> multiple times a day so I am, it's, true. it makes me want to grind it, it's impressive no. it's impressive because if i were using it as much as you were using it i'd be like a dollar a dollar a dollar like i would just be a stingy no, bitch I, I should be that way i need therapy because i'm always just like <laughs> take everything i have <laughs> you're nice it's good 
Okay. Were you ever fired from a customer service job? I already know it's no. no. You haven't been fired yeah, ever. No. Yeah. Have you ever been fired ever? Once. Yeah. Oh, you have? You? Yeah. How and why? Because I was in Fort Wayne. It was when I was in LA and then I moved back. Yeah. And I got hired in this company that I won't mention. They hired me to do, they wanted to break into sort of like TV, TV film and development. And I was like, awesome. Yes. And I want to do this. So this is like a really happy couple we're being right now. And then once I started work, it turned into a go out into the world and find me more video business. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? You're like, this is a different job. Yeah. And I like, I love sales, but not that kind. Right. And also that's not what you're hired to do. No. And I, I was like, I don't want to go out and try to find more video business for you. Why did you hire me at all? That's not my forte. Yeah. So I just spent months like beating the pavement, trying to find video work for this company. And I finally was just like, this is kind of awful. And he was like, this isn't working, is it? I'm like, no, not really. It was amicable, but technically he fired me. Got it. Mm-hmm. What's the worst customer you've ever dealt with? When I was at Club Soda, there was this really, really drunk woman who, unbeknownst to me, was going up to the bar and getting drinks. <sighs> Ooh. Right. And that, that's so hard because you're, well, at least out here, you're liable for that because technically they're at your table. Yes. And Ooh. so it was this weird moment when I came back to the table and she was just annihilated. Oh boy. And I'm like, wait a minute, how did this happen? Because in the, my mind, I was thinking like, okay, she's had two martinis. Maybe she's very, I mean, martinis are pretty strong. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe she can't hold her alcohol. And this is like the result of two martinis, but it didn't feel right. So I asked the bartender and he was like, oh, she's at your table. And I, he's like, I've given her two of those apple pucker thingies. Yeah. Like an, uh, what do they call those? Uh, like an apple martini. Apple teeny. Apple teeny. Yeah. So she, she had four. What we could count between the two of us. And God knows if she was sipping from other people's at the table. And probably was. Yeah. And so, I mean, she was just knackered and she did not like that I was cutting her off. And so I had to bring the manager out and she was just irate and being totally rude. And we were asking them to leave. And then the rest of the table was mad at us for asking them. It's like, well... This is our option, though, guys. Yeah. You can't wild out in public and then not have consequences. Right. And I'm also not going to get fined or go to jail. Because, for your mistakes. Yeah, for you sneaking booze. 100%. Yeah. Okay, so she was the worst. She was terrible. Okay. What'd she look like? She just had, like, really blonde, frizzy hair. She was wearing, like, this purple, really bulky sweater that I didn't find attractive. <laughs> it's so funny because <laughs> I... matched her personality. <laughs> In my head, I saw her as the Karen meme. I was like, this is Karen. This is the, can I speak to your manager, Karen? So, and she did deliver on that. Okay, great. Well, guys, it's on to the good stuff. We hoped you saved room for dessert. What was the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? Tip me a $100 bill. Oh, on what? On like a $25 tab. Aw. Really sweet. Where was that? It's Club Soda. Sounds like, okay, I see why you liked Club Soda. I'll, I'll stop talking shit about the name. <laughs> What's the best lesson that you've learned from working in customer service? This is going to sound really cliche, but the customer is usually always right. That you were, you're the first person to say that. Really? Everyone, everyone has said the opposite. Oh. The customer is usually right. What do you mean by that? I just mean like, I guess if I could exemplify the thing I just told you, this situation I just told you about, if a woman's, you know, annihilated and I'm saying you're cut off, I'm right, <laughs> right? Right. Where she thinks like, no, I can have another or everything's fine. And I'm like, no, actually, this is the, the situation where I'm right and the customer's wrong. But when it comes to them not liking their food or them feeling like something wasn't prepared the way they wanted it, they're right. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever you want, I'll do it. Also, it, it's a really fine line between I'm not the chef, but I also have to protect the chef because you don't want the chef feeling like... His his or her work is being judged. Right. Or or they're, they're just like, it's maybe it's perfectly medium, but to this person, they're just like... This isn't medium to me. Right, exactly. So you kind of have to walk that line. But for the most part, like, yeah, I'll always just be like, oh, you're right. That does need to be cooked more or less, depending on what they're saying. And then fix it. Wow. So you feel the customer is usually right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. That's impressive. I'm glad that I asked. The best customer you've ever dealt with. Oh, okay. Also at Club Soda. I think I I I have a bad memory. And so because that was my last experience. (laughs) This woman, we would do a lot of big parties, which is another reason I love working there. Um, So we would close off this like banquet area. And it was a holiday party for this company. And this woman was just the coolest. I just wanted to like take off my apron and be like, we're hanging out. Because she would just come over and she'd be like, Laura, Laura, come. Will you take my drink? And other people would try to take her drink order. She's like, no, I want Laura. I want Laura. And then she was like introducing me to everybody. 
she was like, this is Laura. She's the best of them. Don't tell everybody else, but she's the best. You know, she just made me feel like I was giving a really good service. And that you mattered. Yeah, you know, because sometimes it is a thankless job. 100%. And for her to say, and then not only that, she called the manager the next day. What? Yep, and she ended up pulling me aside at my next shift, just being like, I just want you to know that I see that, I hear that. She called, and it matters. Laura, that is so lovely. That needs to happen more often for everybody. Oh, 100%, because managers get called for bullshit. I, I try to make an effort if someone's service was really good or if they were if they went above and beyond I always ask to speak to the manager because the managers have to deal with negative people all the time yeah and I feel like it they need to also hear that people are doing a good job right so like it, if it takes five minutes and you're willing to do it call the restaurant the next day even if it were like an Applebee's or somewhere that you wouldn't think it would matter at the right. corporate chains it actually matters more because that's the kind of stuff that gets you like a five dollar Starbucks gift card and like that'll carry you through for months yeah <laughs> like it's crazy how little y'all have to do to make us feel like we're not pieces of shit you just have to be like that was great service and i'm like mom dad i'm good at my job job good good today (laughs) makes me happy same um what's one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers they're human beings you know like they have feelings. They, they being have, the worker? Yeah. Um, so customers saying to service yeah, workers, yeah, yeah. it's just like they have lives mm. that are also full of ups and downs and treat them like a human being. I think my biggest pet peeve with this business is when I see people being treated like lesser. Same. It makes zero sense to me. I'm just like, who are you? Who are you? We're all holding hands to the grave, folks. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, it's a race to the right. finish, folks, and everybody crosses. Totally. And the world needs all types of people. Facts. So, Facts. Yeah. I love that. And anything else you want people to know about customer service jobs specifically? They're hard. Oh. They're so hard. They sure are. So hard because it's not only the actual job, which is hard. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, managing all the personalities that you Mm -hmm. encounter all day and night Mm -hmm. long and keeping that customer service, you know, rapport. Veneer. The veneer. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Not rapport, veneer. But also rapport, both. You got to keep a rapport and have a veneer. It's just really challenging. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why when you do it well, you're just like, yeah, I did it good. That's right. Suck it. I'm good. Because it's really (laughs) tough. Agreed. So how can people get in touch with you, Laura? Can we know what, ep- well, you already told us what episodes, but when can we see you talk about the 212 Creative Network? Or uh, you are on LinkedIn. I just threw that in here knowing that you might be. Yeah. How do we, basically, how do we stalk you? How do we get, how do we get in touch with you? Yeah, LinkedIn. I'm not on social. I guess I'm on Facebook. Do people okay. reach out to people on Facebook? I mean, not as much <laughs> as LinkedIn. I guess LinkedIn yeah. is the new. LinkedIn, or yeah, on the website, 212 Creative Network. Okay. Um, so it's the number two, the number one, the number two, and then creativenetwork.com. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And there's a contact form there if they want more info. Yeah, for sure. Because a lot of my, my listeners are in the Midwest, so they may want to know, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, is it weird to give out my email? Mm-hmm. Is that like uh, something you don't do? Uh, yeah, we got enough this listeners. That's probably not podcast, a good idea. Folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to brag, but you the don't website. want the number of people I've listened to. The website. <laughs> Go through the website. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'll give like you my home address. Ma- nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Sean offered her fucking phone number and I was like, you better shut it down. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends to listen. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. And if you have stories of your own, we'd love to hear them. Email us here at servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com and someone from our team will let you know if we're going to read your story on the air. Remember, if you can't afford a tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way thank you so much for being here laura that's a wrap appreciate your time girl was it i don't know okay bye Bye. (laughs) can you turn the mic a little bit towards you like just the top part of the mic like yes and can you say something Hi. Oh, that's better. Thank you. <laughs> you think we would have gotten this set up ahead of time? I'll edit all this out. Oh, the whole thing, because I already need yeah. everything I said. Okay, great. Time. Same. Um <laughs> <laughs>